What is one of the best things pastors can do to strengthen the marriages in their churches? Dr. Greg Smalley is our guest this week with the best ways pastors can build into every marriage in their congregation. It's all in episode 86 of the Church Leaders Podcast. Welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast, where we're helping you lead better every day. And now here's your host, podcasting from scenic Colorado Springs, Colorado, Andrew Hess. Well, thanks for tuning in to episode 86 of the Church Leaders Podcast. I'm Andrew Hess, your host. And this week we're talking with Dr. Greg Smalley. Greg Smalley is the Vice President of Marriage and Family Formation at Focus on the Family. In this role, he develops and oversees initiatives that prepare people for marriage, strengthen and nurture existing marriages, and help couples in crisis. We talked to Dr. Smalley about an important work that Focus on the Family is doing, helping pastors and ministry leaders strengthen marriages with date night events. And now, here's our conversation with Dr. Greg Smalley. Well, Greg, it's great to have you. We're actually here in your world at Focus on the Family, but great to be able to talk to you uh, and, and have you as our guest on the Church Leaders Podcast today. Thank you so much. Love doing this with you. So thanks for the great work, encouraging pastors. We, we love that. That's our heart as well. How do we just continue to encourage and speak into the lives of pastors, help them in their relationships and, and within their church? Awesome. Well, what we want to talk about the day is thinking about where we are um, as a as a country as a nation. You're doing great work here with marriages and families here at Folks in the Family. Tell us kind of what you're seeing, and as you look at the landscape of how how we're doing in terms of our families. Well, you know, one of the things that that comes to mind instantly is just we're coming off of a let's let's be honest a nasty campaign mm-hmm. season, and I and I always hate that particular season just because of all the commercials and the debates and just that there's often a lot of negativity, but you know, this year, especially to see it, just a lot of negativity, a lot of dishonor, a lot of devaluing. It's just, it's created just a ripple effect throughout our culture. And I think that that's bled, definitely bled into just the, uh, just uh, the, the feeling of our country, which impacts our families, impacts a, a marriage. And, and we're just seeing, it feels like just a lot more hostility this year, a lot less patience, uh, a lot of division, a lot of disconnection, a lot of family feuds. Boy, I've, I've heard stories of, of couples being in massive conflict based off of, you know, one voted for one candidate, the other, you know, the other candidate. Um, I have a, a, a very close friend whose adult daughters have uh, basically, in a lot of ways, disowned him based on how he voted and just their feeling and their strong feelings. And we're, we're seeing that this is a Christian family. This is a family that never in a million years would anyone ever suspected that this, uh, that an election year would, would create this division. You know, obviously it's, it's brought up some other issues that, that, that were probably going on and it's allowed this family to deal with that. And I truly believe that through God's grace and mercy and the people that they're reaching out to for help, that, that they'll be stronger. But I was, I was stunned and I'm hearing stories like that all over the place. Wow. It is, it is stunning. And I think, you know, for a lot of our audience, they're probably seeing this as well in their churches and the families that they're working with. When a family has that kind of conflict where there's something like this, where it's a political season, something outside of what's happening, how can a pastor walk with that family and kind of help them work through this conflict that isn't going away? Like one person's probably upset with the election and the other person's happy. Yeah, I think one of the things which is a great reminder for all of us is that spiritual warfare is real. 
that we have an enemy who wants to divide. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. He, he hates unity. You know, I think about a marriage in particular. A, a, a God created marriage and instilled this idea of oneness. And I always kind of joke around when I say that I really believe that oneness is the superpower inside of a marriage. You know, when God brought this man and this woman together in, in, in oneness, and when they're leaving their families, they're, they're cleaving together, they're, they're united. There's a great verse in Genesis 11.6 that's talking about the Tower of Babel. But I, I love the verse because I think it, it wasn't meant as a marriage verse, but I think it's, it so perfectly illustrates the power of a marriage. And, and it's talking, God's talking, looking down, it is creation who for the first time have come together. In this city, and they and look what they've done. They've turned around, and built a, a tower to glorify man and man's accomplishment. And you can just kind of feel God rolling his eyes, looking down, going, Really? And then he says that when the people come together, so they're now all together, when they speak the same language, then nothing for them is impossible. And I always think about a marriage that when we're on the same page, when we're together, when we're united, when we're one, Nothing is impossible for us. And I tell you what, Satan hates that. And we have to understand that that he's always going to go after the best of what God's created, which is that unity, that that oneness. And he's going to go after that. And that's true for a family. And so I think it's a great reminder for me personally to remember that we have an enemy who wants to go after our unity. And so it's not surprising that we see all this division. It's not surprising that we see conflict and disharmony within a family. So I think a pastor is a great opportunity to say, guys, let's step back and just think about this for a moment. Look at the enemy. What do you think he's going to go after? And often when when my wife and I, we've been married 25 years, when we remember that, it's kind of like that, oh, yeah. And, and it, it sets our mind to go, that's true. And so now we've, we've maybe taken things that we've personalized that, that's unique to us, and now we've broadened it to go, that's true, that we do have an enemy. All right. And, and we remind each other that, hey, you know what? We're on the same team. Last night, my, my son uh, forgot his science lab homework. He's a freshman in high school. And he just, he was so mad. And, and I was offering just some suggestions on solutions. And he just got so mad at me. And like he's yelling at me. Now, obviously, you know, as a psychologist, I get the dynamics behind it. I get that he's, you know, he's frustrated. He's going to lose the points and all that. But I said, hey, I said, son, hold on for one second. I said, understand that, I mean, you're my teammate. You and I are on the Smalley team. I, I'm for you. I'm not against you. I said, I'm never your enemy. And so let, let's let's realize that I get you're frustrated, but you and I, we're, we're on the same team. How can I help as your teammate? And what was so cool is that instantly shifted our perspective and his perspective. So I think as a pastor keeps reminding that, that we're one church body, that we, we've all voted you know, differently, but yet at the end, we're, we're all part of the same team, that family. You're on the same team, that married couple, that, that you're, you're teammates. And I think that's first and foremost a, such a powerful reminder. Yeah. And I love that, that in our marriages, we have to be able to disagree at yeah. times and on sometimes big issues like politics and yet still honor one another and respect one another. I know honor is something that is a big word yeah. for you guys here at Focus. Tell us about how how honoring each other has been kind of a, a focus. Yeah. Well, um, last March, my I lost my father. So, mm-hmm. so Gary Smalley, 
passed away, now is in heaven. Love that thought. Miss him. It's hard. Reflecting on his 45, 50 years of ministry, really I would boil down everything that he believed and what he tried to instill and teach and, and champion was this idea of honor. That when we see people, that, that first and foremost we recognize that this is a son, this is a daughter of the Most High King. This is a person who God said that he made in his image. This is a person that God called his treasured possession. Jesus said that people, we are his glorious inheritance. And the scriptures are, are filled with that theme that we're, that we're valuable because that's what God said. That's God's idea. How do we then protect and steward what, what God has instilled within each one of us? And so the, this idea of, of honoring marriage comes from the verse Hebrews 13, 4. It's one of my very favorite verses. The first part of that, that verse says that marriage should be honored by all. And, and it's not just saying that married couples are responsible for honoring marriage. It's actually saying all of us. That means as pastors. That means as a church body. That means as singles. That means even as children. How are we all honoring this thing, this amazing, beautiful gift that God created, gave to us, his idea, marriage, his idea? How do we steward that well? Mm-hmm. So honoring it means that, that we guard it, protect it, value it, steward it. Because that's something that God created, and it's our responsibility to do that. Yeah. I think for a lot of people, you you hear the word honor, and you think, how am I doing in that? Like if you asked a lot of, especially us guys, I think if you asked, (laughs) how are you doing in that? A lot of us would probably be like, I I don't know. So what are some practical ways that I can look at my life and say, how am I doing in honoring my spouse? Yeah, one of my very favorite stories, it's, it's of my parents, and uh, they got into a huge fight this one time for Thanksgiving. And uh, my, my wife, my family was there. It was really awkward. I mean, my parents, here are the marriage experts. You know, they're in this huge, massive fight. Well, they go off in different directions. My dad ends up in his office. So I just, I knocked on his door. I was just going to go in and, how you doing? You want to talk? Um, and so I knocked on the door. Who is it? And you know, it's Greg and my father, you just hear this. Ugh. <laughs> I was like, love you too. Dad. <laughs> um, and so come on in and, and uh, I see him seated at his computer. He's looking at something. So he's had this big fight with my mom. Now he's on the computer. I assume he's checking the weather, perusing the internet, whatever, whatever he's doing. And uh, as I made my way around, uh, I was just going to put my hand on his shoulder. Hey, love you. Can I pray with you? Whatever. And I see what he's looking at. He's not online. He's actually pulled up a Word document. And in the top of the document, my mom's name is Norma. It said, why Norma is so valuable. And, and I just, I remember thinking, what, what on earth? And I said, Dad, what, what are you looking at there? And he said, oh, don't, don't worry about it. No, no, this is cool. What, what is this? He said, you know, a number of years ago, he goes, I was one day thinking about your mom. Just thinking about some of my favorite things about her, things that I value, things that I cherish about her. So I just wrote them down, put them on the computer. And he goes, you know, honestly, over the years, I've just added to the list when I think of something new. Mm. Andrew, I'm telling you, there were hundreds of little words and phrases about my mom. And I said, Dad, that's really, I love that I did. That's really cool. But I said, why are you looking at that now? Like, aren't you guys are fighting? Like, aren't you mad at her? And he goes, oh, I can't stand her. <laughs> and I said, well, that, uh, yeah, exactly. I said, so what, help me to understand. And uh, basically what he said was this. I'll never forget it. He said, uh, you know, son, I've learned over the years that when I'm mad at your mom, I've got choices. 
For many years, I would come to my office like this, and I'd sit and stew. I'd think about how terrible she is and what she did and had no right and blah, blah, blah. He said I just would stay mad at her for a long time. He goes, what what I've actually learned to do, and I I don't like to do this, but I make myself open this document up. So I just start to read down through the list. He goes, I get to the first couple, and I'm mad at her, and I'll think, you know, why did I write that? I'm erasing that one. He said, but as I read through the list, I'm reminded that you have an amazing mom. In other words, I, in in uh, in Luke, throughout the New Testament, um, it, it talks about that idea of that where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. In other words, what you value, that's what your heart is open to. That's where your heart's committed. And so for my father, that's really how he was living out that verse. A, a way that he was honoring and protecting his marriage was to remind himself of what's true about my mom. Because in, in, and I think that's a big part of grace, mm-hmm. you know, this unmerited favor that God's done for us, that that's a real simple way even, not only is it honoring to our marriage, but I think it's a part of grace. It's, it's when, we, when we choose to remember who our spouse really is instead of maybe how they're showing up in the moment. So, you know, whatever my mom was doing that got him so mad, you know, that, that is that really who she is or is that just what she was doing in that moment? And I think grace, I think honor means that we remember, no, what's true about my mom was that whole list of things. You know, um, it reminds me of like, uh, remember the story of Gideon? You know, remember when the angel of the Lord first appeared and, and sees Gideon hiding wheat as this little wimp, you know, basically up in the mountains? What does he say? He calls him a mighty warrior. In other words, he saw and chose to focus on what was true about Gideon, not necessarily what Gideon was doing in that moment. And I think that's the power, that one way that we can honor our marriage then is to notice and look for what is it about our spouse that makes him or her so valuable. I love that because I think a lot of times when we have these moments of conflict, when we're frustrated, our mind is focused on those things. Yeah. And, and the, the thinking is usually, well, I need to stop thinking that way. But what you're talking about is actually replacing those negative thoughts right. with the thankfulness and the positivity that, that is there. Yeah. And so I, I just love that practice. I think it's, it's, it, it's simple, but yet, yet profound. What's well, Philippians 4.8? Mm-hmm. I mean, what are we told to, to focus on? What is true? What is right? What is, po- you know, mm-hmm. in, in, in what's true always about our spouse is that they, they've got amazing, redeemable qualities because God has placed that within them. Even those moments that I really am so hurt by Aaron or mad at her, frustrated with her, mm. irritated by her little quirks. Like she she, she loves to have our, our bed made every day. Yeah, my wife likes that too. I hate that. <laughs> I, 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 again, think it's the dumbest thing. And the worst part is like if somehow, like maybe we take a nap in the evening or, or just lay down on her bed, kind of kind of mess it up a little bit. She will literally have me make it two hours before we're going to get back into it. It, it just, it, it drives me to the brink of insanity, that little irritation. So what do I choose to focus on that? Or do I choose to remember that, man, she's an amazing mom. She's, she's a mama bear. She, she's so loyal. She's got such a fun personality. She's so outgoing. I mean, it's, it's our choice to cherish someone. It, it talked, you know, Paul is, is clear about this, talking to husbands and wives in Ephesians 5, 29, where it says that no one ever hated his own body, but nourishes it and cherishes it. 
And so this is the cherishing part. If you want to honor your marriage, especially within this turbulent, crazy, nasty campaign season where we're not looking for the best in others, we're looking for, you know, how they voted and how we disagree. Or, you know, my son, we are huge, you know, college football fans. So, you know, all the debating and the arguing and the division of who should be in. I mean, even that simple thing, there's a lot going on right now that's dividing us in, in that mindset of, you know what, wait a minute. First of all, you're a valuable person because God created you that way. Now, it's my job to figure out what it is about you, what it is about my son, my wife, my daughters, you know, and, and, and that's what we're trying to do. Honoring marriage 2017 is our campaign this year. Mm. And so what we're trying to do is to encourage churches to, to over that sort of leading up to Valentine's, you know, weekend at that, that Valentine season, make that one of your focuses because our, our country needs this. Mm. Our, our families need this. Our marriages need that tweak right now going back, stepping back, going, hey, we have an enemy who wants us to see each other in this hor- in these horrible ways. But instead, we can instill this value of going, no, 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 no. Let's, let's make this about value. Let's make this about honor. I love that. So tell us, like I know you're doing events, working with pastors and churches to, to hold these events. So tell us about like the events and how, how that ministry will happen. Yeah, if, if you come to honor, honoringmarriage2017.com, what you're going to find is you can download a, a sermon series on this notion of honor, of cherish. How do we do that? How do we do that as a church body? How does a couple do that? How do we, you know, if we're talking about honoring marriage, I often tell kids, you, you need to be honoring your, your parents and their marriage. What, what's so valuable about your parents' marriage, about who they are? I mean, there, there's, there's all for any age if you're single or not, we also be honoring marriage. So we can give you a sermon series. There's date night ideas. Uh, there's a, it, let's say you want to use this for your spring kind of launching into your own marriage ministry. This makes a great kind of catalytic Sunday weekend experience. Mm-hmm. You can launch your marriage ministry or some of your marriage strengthening activities by using this honoring marriage kind of theme for the weekend. And uh, we, we've got a little, you can download how to start a marriage ministry. Maybe you're a church who ha- that hasn't done that, don't know what to do. We, I tell you, we've made it so simple. So all those are free. Those are resources that you can download because we just, we, we want to all be pulling together around Valentine's Day, making that about how do we honor marriage and then how do we really honor our spouse and cherish and do what my dad did. As a matter of fact, you know, that, that list that he created, I've done that for my wife. And I tell you, it, it's, it, I, I get that out for Valentine's Day and it gives me things to write in the card. So <laughs> yeah. people, so a pastor, you, you could download, we've, we've created some cards that you could have in, in the back area for some for men, some for women. And they can just grab those, and all of a sudden they have their Valentine Day card or part of their Valentine Day card, and it's simply giving them an exercise to fill in what do you love about your spouse, helping them to kind of create that little cherished list like my dad did. 
I love that. The thing I think that's so important about what you're saying is that everybody in the church should be honoring the marriages there. Because I think a lot of times when we think about marriage, it's like, oh, well, that's great for right. the married people. But but even for the kids there and for the single people there and, and for the widows there, like what does it look like for us as a church to honor the marriages and strengthen marriages? You know, we have a, a single, great single friend, and uh, she often watches our children when we travel. Just God's, what a blessing she is. In over the summer, she came to Aaron and I and said, uh, "Hey, it's a, uh, tomorrow's going to be a great day. How about I take Annie? I, I think our older kids were off at summer camp, so we had our our nine year old daughter." And she said, "Hey, could could I watch Annie for free for the weekend? Because I want to I want to honor your marriage. I I know you guys work hard and and you don't get a lot of time just together. And could I do that? And of course we." You know, Aaron and I were like, uh, yeah. And, uh, we left literally like within five minutes. And, uh, but what we did is, is just, you know, here we live in Colorado Springs. So we're staring at the beautiful Pikes Peak, that 14,000 foot mountain here in Southern Colorado. And so we, we just spontaneously said, Hey, tomorrow, since we're all alone, let's go hike Pikes Peak. Oh, wow. And I tell you, Andrew, that became such an amazing experience for us in so many ways. Just Aaron and I, it was a date. Here we climbed this 14,000-foot peak and struggled to do that. It so enriched our marriage, all because of our single friend who, who wanted to honor our marriage and said, let me take your daughter. So there, there are so many ways that we all can, can honor marriage. And, and that's, we're giving you all these free resources to pull the congregation together in this nasty season. Let's turn our attention to honor. And that is a concept specifically, how do we honor marriage? And then we're going to practically show you how to do that by creating a cherished list for your spouse. That's so awesome. I love it. It's so fun to talk to you about this because I, I do think that there's so many great practical things that pastors can do because I think a lot of times pastors have so many things that they're always working on and marriage is a big one. And I think that Valentine's Day is going to be such a big opportunity. So we, we will link to uh, where they can find the resources to do this uh, in their church. Yeah, we're, we're, we're excited to do this as well. So I know our church is doing this. And so again, it just, it gives us something to counteract and and fight against sort of what's going on culturally. Mm -hmm. And you just have to admit, it's just kind of a nasty season right now. Mm -hmm. And we can't ignore that and believe that that's somehow not affecting even our Christian marriages, our Christian relationships. Yeah. It seems like it's just an awesome opportunity for when everything is so divided, for the church to shine bright by having marriages and having a church where we are united because of Christ. Yeah, because he laid out this this great concept. You think of like a Philippians 3, 2, or 2, 3, to where we're told to value others above ourselves. Romans twelve ten that we are to outdo one another in showing honor. So it, it's such an amazing theme throughout the scriptures, that it, and it's so easy then to do that. And, and we give you everything for free that, yeah. that you would need. Use it however you want. You can create a date night. We have uh, date night DVDs that, that you can get featuring Christian comedians to where you get like an hour event. So you can have a Valentine's Day dinner, make the theme about honor, and then show them the DVD and they get this world-class comedy from these world-class comedians. Again, you can get all that stuff right there in Honoring Marriage 2017. Yeah, and I've I've seen a lot of those, and they are hilarious. They really like, are. This is, this is like good yeah. stuff. Yeah, we <laughs> so. it's it's been fun. I I 
we've we've watched we've even watched them as a family because they're really fun. They're good Christian comedians. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Greg, it's been so fun to be here and hear what what you guys are doing. And uh, we'll link to where people can find resources in the show notes to this episode. But thank you so much for being yeah, with us today. You are more than welcome. Love this. Just love this idea of how do we honor each other this season. Thanks again to Dr. Greg Smalley for joining us this week as our special guest on the Church Leaders Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, take a few minutes to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, and consider sending this episode to somebody you know that might benefit from listening to it. Also, be sure to download the show notes for this episode at churchleaders.com forward slash podcast. In those show notes, we always include resources mentioned in the show and links to some of our guest top content on churchleaders.com. As always, if you have ideas for how we can improve the podcast or guests that you'd love to hear us talk to, email us at podcast at churchleaders.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week. You've been listening to the Church Leaders Podcast. For articles, videos, and free resources that will help you lead better every day, visit our website, churchleaders.com. Thanks for listening.